So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This psalm actually, we pray it, Psalm 13, we pray it in the first hour of the Akbir, but in the Septuagint Bible, it is under number uh, 12, uh, like the Akbir, but in the Hebrew Bible, it's under number 13. If you studied Psalms from number 10 to number 12, you will find there is progress of absolute intensity in, in David. To the extent in Psalm 12, actually, David uh, felt that there is no faithful people around him. There is no godly people around him. He is alone in the whole earth. Now, in after Psalm 12, David felt he is alone. All the faithful ungodly people disappeared. And David from Psalm 10 to Psalm 12 was crying out to Lord for help and relief. Actually, we see another progression in Psalm 13. Uh, as if it is not, it was not bad enough for David to feel that all the godly, as if it was not uh, bad enough for David to feel that all the godly and faithful abandoned him. Now in Psalm 13, David feels that God abandoned him too. Even God abandoned him and forgot about him. Each psalm has a title. According to the title of this psalm, it is written to the chief musician, a psalm of David, in the corporate assembly as led by the choir master. To the chief musician, many scholars say the chief musician, the Lord God himself, so David was chanting this psalm to God, but other supposed chief musician, these are instruction to the leaders of choir or musician in his time, like Haman or Asaph. A psalm of David, that is the author. David is the one who wrote this psalm. In the corporate assembly, uh, so it will chant it when all the believers assemble together, as led by the choir master. In this psalm, we can see there is transition. It's six verses. The first two verses, we can see how David was in a state of darkness and despair. God forgot about him. Then, verses three and four, in the midst of this despair, he prayed to God. So, David now turns the despair and the darkness into prayer. Psalm, verse 5 and 6, joyous hope of ultimate deliverance. So, it's a beautiful psalm. It started with despair, but ended with song of joy. This psalm actually contains the sentiment of an afflicted soul. 
that earnestly desire comfort from the Lord. Actually, when we go through difficult time, hardship or tribulation, we can find comfort in this psalm and we can identify with David. Some scholars think that this psalm was written when David was running away from King Saul. Others said not this psalm was written during Absalom rebellion when his son Absalom rebelled against David and David ran away from the face of his son. Those who believe it was written when he escaped from Saul because when David ran away from Saul this was before his sin, the sin of adultery and the sin of murder. That's why he was speaking with boldness with God. How long you forget about me? Those who supported that David wrote it after um, when he was running from his son Absalom uh, because this happened after his sin, the sin of adultery and murder. That's why there is mourning and groans mixed with his words, the state of darkness and the state of despair. But in reality, we don't know exactly which event or which occasion in David's history in which he wrote this psalm. But we are certain that this psalm is very intense in its record of personal feeling. David actually mentioned all his personal feeling of abandonment, that he is abandoned by God and God has forgotten him in this psalm. As I told you, it is six verses and we can divide it into three sections. Verse 1 and 2, expression of despair. 3 and 4, earnest prayer. 5 and 6, song of faith and victory. Verse 1 and 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? So David repeated how long four times. First time he asked God, how long will you forget about me? Second time, how long you hide your face from me? Third time, how long I take counsel means I think and reflect about my misery and my despair and my problems. And this actually caused sorrow in my heart daily. Fourth, how long about his enemy, how long my enemy be exalted over me. So there are four how longs in these two verses. David could not understand why the Lord was delaying the help he desperately needed. Why God, I am crying, why God does not answer me? And most of us who have this question during certain times, I am crying to you, why you are not answering my prayer? So, his heart was grieving and his soul cried out in bitterness and distress 
How long, O Lord? David felt that the enemy was triumphing over him, while the Lord seemed to have distanced himself far away from his faithful servant. So, while God is distancing himself, the enemy is triumphing over him. And so he challenged the Lord with multiple questions. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? The pain in David's heart came not from the problems or the hardships, but came from a sense that God had forgotten him and God was distancing himself from him. David went through many trials. As long as he felt God with him, it was okay. But this time he felt as if God abandoned him. So in the first how long from the four how longs, it seemed that he is forgotten. The second one, he, he said to God, even if you are around me, I know you exist everywhere, but as if you are hiding your face from me. And I'm asking how long this will continue, how long you will hide your face from me. As I told you, no doubt David in his life had faced worse circumstances, but he was able to face them bravely because he sensed the presence of God with him. But now the feeling that God distancing himself from David, actually it did not take too long to send David to despair. And, and David was in a state of despair and darkness. In reality, God cannot forget us. It is our perception that we feel we are forgotten. Uh, but God never forgets us. Why David repeated how long four times? Uh, some scholars said the repetition uh, means that David was not crying in his own personal name but on behalf of the nation because the nation of Israel fell as captives and prisoners of war four times the Babylonian imprisonment the Persian or the Midianites the Greek one and the Roman imprisonment so David in a prophetic way he said how long for time referring to these four times of captivity or imprisonment that the nation of Israel went through. The third how long, how long shall I take counsel? Mean David tried to find a solution. One time, two times, ten times, twenty, hundred, and no solution. So he started to feel discouraged taking counsel in his own soul without finding a solution 
let him to sorrow in his heart daily 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 sorrow in his heart and when one is discouraged and depressed the answer is not to looking inside myself trying to find solution but the answer is to look to God when all the doors are closed the door of heaven will remain open he was continually thinking of ways and means of deliverance but they all came to nothing and even God did not come to his deliverance that's why he felt forgotten he felt abandoned and when a soul feels the burden and guilt of sin the person tries numerous approaches of self-recovery but they are useless no one except God can speak peace to a guilty conscience the fourth how long how long will my enemy triumph over me David was depressed in his relationship with God because he felt God abandoned him in his relationship with himself because he took counsel every day and this counsel brought sorrow to his heart and now he is depressed in regards to his enemies he felt that his enemies are exalted over him so the enemies here can be either temporal enemies like Saul, Epsilon which was true of David uh, when his own son abandoned him and forced him to leave his own house his own family to leave the land of Judea to escape to the Philistines and uh, he's running away from his son Epsilon or it can be understood as spiritual enemies Satan appears to triumph I tried to defeat this sin several times but at the end I am defeated by the sin so pressure from spiritual and natural enemies can push us toward depression St. John Chrysostom comment on these two verses saying nothing after all brings remembrance by God so much as doing good so when we do good God will remind, uh, remember us being sober and watchful practicing virtue likewise nothing prompts forgetting so much as living in sin and giving oneself to grace and rapacity so when we give ourselves to sin when we give ourselves to greed aggression we will feel forgotten by God so St. John Chrysostom continues and says so for your part dearly beloved when you are in, tr- in trouble don't say God has forgotten me but when you are living in sin and everything is going favorably for you let me explain this if actually I am living in sin and has troubles in my life this means God did not forget me because these troubles actually as St. John said after all if you know this you will quickly abandon evil things so this trouble helped me to repent but 
if I'm living in sin and everything around me is going favorably, this should be a concern that God give up on me. God, in his foreknowledge, he doesn't see any hope in me that I will repent. So living in sin and everything going favorably around me, this should be a concern, a serious concern to the person. Then, after verse 1 and 2, as I told you, 1 and 2, state of depression, despair, and the darkness. Now David took this into a prayer. In verses 3 and 4 he said, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. So, David will not allow himself to be forgotten. He will actually fight with God. He will pray and plead with God. He will bring himself to the remembrance of God. When he said, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. As if he is saying, look. Hear me, look at me, hear me. David is asking God, instead of hiding your face from me, answer me. Instead of forgetting my need, enlighten my eyes. Revive me, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. God had seemed to hide his face as if he would not even look upon David. So the psalmist now prays that God may look upon him again. And he called him, O Lord my God. It's a cry of faith. Faith of David was not destroyed by all the trials and sorrow. Despite of all the suffering, still he is calling God my God, my personal God, the Lord my God. David had the wisdom to know that though he felt powerful feeling that he is forgotten by God, but maybe this is not true. I think David is saying, I think this is because my vision was clouded by the trials. Now I am living in darkness. That's why he cried, enlighten my eyes. Enlighten my eyes. So, I am exhausted. All this trouble around me made me fall into despair. So, my eyes are not enlightened and I am about to die. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. I am about to die. The sight grows, the vision grows dim as death approaches, and he seemed to feel that death was very near to him. So David is praying that God would intervene and save him from that death which he felt was rapidly approaching. 
This was a great prayer to all of us. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Enlighten my eyes before it is too late and I am about to die. We need the light of God to shine upon us and to give us his wisdom and knowledge. St. Paul knew the importance of having our eyes enlightened by the Lord. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19, he prayed that the, Lord, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So, if we are not enlightened by God, if we are living in darkness, we will surely fall asleep spiritually. Spiritual sleep leads to spiritual death. Sincere of Alexandria said, To draw closer to the true light, I mean to Jesus Christ, we praise him in the Psalms saying, Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. The death of the soul is the real death. It is not the physical death. Real death is when we fall short of the true and straight edification. And when we choose falsehood instead of the truth, therefore we have to be well girded and our lantern lit brightly as we have been told. So he's saying, if we are not enlightened, then we are very close to the spiritual death. And the death of the soul is the real death. The physical death is not the real death. It's just a departure. When we follow the falsehood, Instead of truth, that's death. That's the death of the soul. With this enlightenment, there is no place of darkness in the soul or in the body or in the heart. All what is within will be enlightened by God. Then another plea about the enemies. He said, if I sleep the sleep of death, if I am defeated, there will be general rejoicing on the part of all my enemies, because they succeeded in seriously injuring me, in overcoming and defeating me. So the triumph of David's enemy over him, whether Saul or anyone else like Epsilon, would be a triumph of evil over good of those who cast God behind their back over those who faithfully serve God. So, if David died or defeated, his enemy, the enemies of David, who are also the enemies of God, because David is God's representative, would conclude that they had overcome God and would rejoice. They defeated God in their mind. That's why he is appealing to God, not for his own personal interest, but because in the interest of the truth and right, 
and the best of the general good of mankind to prevent and to stop his enemies triumph. It is not that the Lord's will that the great enemy of our soul should overcome his children. God doesn't want Satan to defeat us. Knowing how his enemies would delight over David's fall, David was even more determined not to be, not to be moved. As he said, uh, Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. If I am moved from my faith, if I am moved uh, from my steadfastness, my enemies will rejoice. When we move, or when David moved, and when we move from our steadfastness and overcome by sin, Satan will rejoice. David also literally was moved from his house and family, from his country, from his kingdom, from the prosperous state and condition to a distressed one. And that's why his enemies rejoiced. Uh, the things that trouble God's people are Satan and the world. These are our enemies. And Satan and the world rejoice when we, the children of God, are in a difficult and afflicted condition. Satan rejoices when he gains his purpose of moving us from any degree of steadfastness, of faith and hope, or from our ways in God. When we drift away from the fear of God, when we deny the existence of God, when we become atheists, when we are moved, Satan will rejoice because of this. St. Augustine said, The devil's mockery is to be feared. They that trouble me will exult if I be moved. Who are the enemies here? The devil and his angels, who exulted not over that righteous man Job when they troubled him because he was not moved. That is, did not draw back from the steadfastness of his faith. So St. Augustine said, Satan tempted Job, the righteous, but Job was not moved from his steadfastness. That's why Satan could not rejoice over Job, because he was steadfast in his faith. Who is this enemy that the Psalms fear he would overpower him and put him to shame? Definitely it is the devil or the iniquity. He fears the scorn of his enemies who thrill over him if he is moved away from his faith. So, first two verses, despair and darkness. Second two verses, prayer and plead with God. Last two verses, actually a song of triumph and joy. Verse 5, But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he, had, he has dealt bountifully with me. So David, after he prayed, he started to regain his faith. His confidence and his faith in God have changed his affliction to a joyful song of praise. It is very, very interesting how after he was in despair, now he is rejoicing 
and praising God. And here we can see how perfect peace has taken place of the despair. After his prayer, he came to place of confidence and trust. That's what we need we do when we are in hard time or in hardships, just to pray. Faith will triumph as happened with David. He can look forward with confidence. He said, I have trusted. Notice he spoke here in the past tense. It is as if David remembered that he really did trust God in the past. And now God, when he told him, enlighten my eyes, God cleared away the fog from his sleepy eyes because God enlightened his eyes. Faith, hope, and comfort of David grew and increased by prayer. After he was complaining, he turned it from complaining to praying, and now from praying to believing and rejoicing. Complaining will not help you. Pray, and this will turn into belief and joy. And here he said, I trust in the Lord, but I have trusted in your mercy. So he did not trust himself, not his own heart, not his own righteousness or his own merits, but in the mercy of God. So the idea here, I have trusted in the mercy of God, I still trust and I will trust forever. There is no true joy but the joy of the heart. Now his heart is rejoicing. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And heart cannot rejoice till all guilt is taken away from the conscience. St. Augustine says, when David said, but I have hoped in thy mercy, because this very thing, that a man be not moved, that he abide fixed in the Lord, he should not attribute to self. So when I am not moved, when I am victorious, I should not attribute this to me, lest when he glories in himself that he has not been moved, he will be moved by this pride. So if you say, I am not moved because I am strong, you will be moved. But David said, my heart shall exult in your salvation. In Christ, in the wisdom of God, I will sing to the Lord who has given me good things, spiritual good things. My heart shall rejoice. In the beginning of the Psalms, his feeling directed David. Now David is directing his feeling to rejoice in the Lord. So instead of being directed by his feeling, now he controls his feeling and directed his feeling to rejoice in the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. Singing to the Lord both express his joy and by singing this also increase his joy. So when we sing to the Lord, this an expression of our joy and by singing to the Lord our joy will increase. David moved from being depressed feeling abandoned by God to singing joy. Why he is happy now? Because he has dealt bountifully with me. As David thought about it, 
Now he had good reason to rejoice and sing, because God had been good to him. He delivered him from Goliath. He delivered him several, several times from the lion, from the bear. So in the beginning of the psalm, David was overwhelmed by his feeling and believed that God forgot him and was hiding his face from him. He had trouble with God, with himself, and with his enemies. Yet now, this actually was changed. Now he sees how God had dealt bountifully with him because his eyes were enlightened. What happened? His eyes were enlightened. David now can see the goodness of God. Before God enlightened our eye, we must agree that we don't see everything right. What we see, we, our perception would be totally wrong. And we need to realize that our feelings are not giving us full and accurate information. But when we cry out to the Lord that He may enlighten our eyes and bring us from despair to place of trust and joy and confidence, then we will see things in the right way. As if David is saying, now I will exchange my cry of despair, my cry how long, for a joyful song of thanksgiving, because already I am cheered, I am revived, the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. This mental revival is an assurance of the deliverance to come. He now confident that God will deliver him. So how a beautiful way to end the psalm. The sorrow we feel when we are convinced that God has forgotten us is quickly turned to joy and thanksgiving when we remember all the blessings he has showered upon us. So when we remember and count the blessing of God, then the despair and the sorrow that we experience will turn into joy and thanksgiving. Glory be to God forever and ever.